Welcome back to another episode of Ascension Podcast, episode 8. Sorry for the hiatus. I am your host, Fred Cannon, director of Team Felt Basketball, owner and creator of Ascension Sports Consulting. And man, it's been a hectic month <laughs> since the last recording. Uh, recently, I uh, sold my home uh, in the process of moving. Uh, my work travels has taken me all over the country in the last month. And so much has happened in the basketball world since then. So this episode is pretty much a little catch-up on uh, recruiting in North Carolina, some national stuff that's going on, and just some you know cool basketball stuff. It's, it's definitely on the uh, brink of basketball season, high school, college, and NBA. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, just wanted to start off the spotlight players of the week. And once I do that, then we'll fall into the rest of the show, which will just be a hodgepodge of information and uh, just some cool stuff. But I wanted to shout out um, Kobe George, who is a freshman at Ben L. Smith High School. He played 16 and under for us on Team Felton last year as an eighth grader and uh, definitely held his own. Kobe's about 6'2-ish, maybe 6'3" handles the ball, has point guard possibilities, does a lot of great things. He's a kid that I think is a must watch uh, for you if you're in North Carolina, a kid to track. And then the other freshman that I would like to spotlight is Tremaine Parker, who will be at Cape Fear uh, Academy. And uh, younger brother of Quay Parker, who also played with Team Felton. Uh, But these two guys, man, dynamic uh, definitely could be one of the best backcourts in in North Carolina uh, as freshmen under our program uh, two different type games with both kids are undeniably super talented uh, but again you know being freshmen they have to you know produce you know now that they're on the high school stage they you know they got to come in and make a little noise but they definitely are two names that I think will work you know, worth tracking. And uh, if you get a chance to follow those guys on all the social media, Kobe George, uh, Tremaine Parker, uh, and let me know what you think. But definitely two dynamic guards that uh, should have their name called out a lot here in the state of North Carolina and nationally by the time it's all said and done. Well, since the last time I've been on with you guys, just in Team Felton News, we've had um, Several kids take visits. Ricky Council went down to uh, Georgia Southern for unofficial. Well, I'm sorry for an official visit uh, about two weeks ago. Um, enjoyed himself. Uh, the staff is you know high on him. Um, Ty Burt set an official visit date with High Point University uh, at the end of this month. Uh, that'll be you know exciting time for him. Uh, I think that would be a solid situation for him. That's the route he decides to go in. And uh, Coach Tubby Smith is definitely doing a great job of recruiting local kids. Recently got a commitment from Emil Flowers, uh, another local kid, big-time talent, uh, going out to High Point. Congratulations to him. Um, Kalua Medine, congratulations to that kid, man. They reclassed to 2021 over at the Burlington School. And Big Fella picked up an offer from Clemson since the last time we were on. Uh, that's big time. I think he's taking a couple of unofficial visits as well, but that's 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 big time uh, for a local kid like that to uh, 
receive off you know power five offer like that that's that's pretty cool and um a lot of usa basketball kids in the carolinas uh Shafino, uh Jaden bradley mj rice uh the kids are coming strong in these young age groups the hoop state is definitely in good hands right now and uh can't wait to high school season hits and we can kind of see all these head-to-head matchups coming up uh John Wall Classic released their uh, list of teams, as well as Chick-fil-A Classic. Man, there's going to be some crazy matchups during these two tournaments. Uh, if you got a chance and you got the vacation days, personal time off for the holidays, make sure you take time out to go check out one, if not both, of those events and uh, see some magnificent national talent on the scene. I'm definitely interested in seeing what Mount Verde looks like this year. They have a wealth of talent. I uh, would love to get a chance to check out IMG on you know, some format. Uh, they have a host of talent. Uh, but, man, it's, it's going to be lights out this year in, in high school basketball. Can't wait to see those two teams play. Uh, hard grades, post-grad team. Coach Lee Martin has a big stick up there in uh, in Virginia. Uh, I would make them – I picked them to uh, walk through this season pretty unscathed. Uh, they play a tough schedule, but Coach Martin always does a good job. And the kids that he has assembled, like the talent meshes well. They got good size by position. Uh, the same hard grade mindset. You know the team is going to be tough. So I'm interested to see what those guys look like. And uh, I'm you know, just excited about the high school seasons. I think the local teams around Greensboro will probably be a little more balanced this year than it has been in the past. Southwest had pretty much kind of created a separation between them and everyone else. Uh, but with the departure of the Twins and several other key pieces, uh, I think it's, you know, it's wide open. I think Ben L. Smith is probably regarded as one of the more talented teams in the area. Uh, but I think Paige has some good pieces. Grimsley has some good pieces. Dudley always does a good job with Coach Ferguson. Uh, so I'm interested to see how the local talent Definitely uh, plays out in the Greensboro area. Uh, of course, Riley has good talent as well, Charlotte. So it's just different. It feels like it's a new wave of talent coming through the state now and a lot of traditional powers. I think the wealth has kind of been distributed. Of course, the private schools kind of help out in that because they kind of have pulled some of the top kids. But uh, it's just it's definitely going to be interesting. I think it'll be a lot of parity in high school basketball this year. And uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, looking at the colleges, um, I've been traveling quite a bit. I'm actually doing this podcast uh, here in Pittsburgh as I'll go by and check you know, check on my guys that we have there between Team Felton and Ascension Sports Consultant, uh, Ryan Murphy, KJ Marshall, DC Tony, and Trey McGowan. I'll uh, be able to check in on those guys, see how they're doing, and uh, visit with the staff and kind of get a chance to watch practices. But the, the word, you know, from most of the schools that I've been around to, I've been at Wisconsin, uh, Marquette, uh, Pitt, I'll go by Robert Morris, Duquesne. Um, it's, it's been a good feedback from the coaches on the talent in the hoop state. But again, I can definitely say for the 2020 class, the recruiting calendar definitely has hindered the recruitment for a lot of kids. And coaches are saying they're seeing kids in workouts they really like what they're doing but it's hard to pull the trigger on a kid that they've only seen 
workout or in the course of scrimmages or free play or something of that sort. So as I saw, you know, the NCAA did add back a second live period in April. Um, and then the, you'll still have the June high school camps plus the live period in July and the additional NCAA camp in July. So I feel like for 2021, there'll be more ample opportunities for kids and coaches both to be able to play well and be evaluated at a higher rate going with this class. If you're 2020, the calendar is starting to get shortened now as far as like your recruiting periods. So hopefully you've had college traction coming through your gym since uh, beginning of September. And because now what you're going to start running into, coaches are gearing up for the collegiate seasons. It's only about 30 days out. Uh, from the first college games. So their, you know, their traction in schools now is strictly going to be to find, you know, kids that finish out the 2020 class and to get kids that they had targeted to go ahead and commit from the 2020 class. It won't be too many more exploratory visits where they're just coming out to see what's in the gym. They may do it with local schools in the area, but as far as, you know, for North Carolina, say Florida State flying to North Carolina, uh, or somebody like that. They're not flying at this point to just find kids in 21 and 22 at this point. Right now, everything is done with a purpose because that, that practice time they get with their kids now is valuable. Uh, most people don't realize that college coaches only have a certain amount of time each week to work out with their team without violating NCAA rules. So it's not like they have access to the kids 24 hours a day as far as practice, team practice time. So all that time is valuable. So if they're showing up in your gym, that means somebody in that gym is a priority and uh, you need to take advantage of it. From the Ascension Sporting side kind of tip, um, if, if you're a kid that hasn't had any coaches come in the gym, they haven't contacted you at all, you haven't received any evaluations and you're a 2020 or you know a senior in high school, then at this point, and you don't have any any type of recruitment going on whatsoever nobody's contacting you at all and you're a senior my recommendation in, and this is an advice like I said from my spent uh, sports consultant side is you you got several options that you need to start considering find out if you're a division two or division three uh, possibility or recruit if that comes back with empty feedback I recommend you going ahead and fill it out uh, applications for school as if basketball is on the stop for you um, come graduation. That way at least at worst comes to worst you have that piece to fall back on. Um, you can kind of choose the school that you want to go to as far as attending academically and uh, you'll have that to fall back on. It also allows you the, possi the possibility of walking on the way the walk-on situation works is you must have already been accepted to the school before the coach can even consider you as a walk-on. So if you have that type of aspirations or possibility, you need to go ahead and fill those applications out now so you can go ahead and get that process started. That's, that's quite a bit that goes into that process. Um, the way you'll find out with Division Two, that should have been handled a while ago too. Uh, but start visiting Division Two schools, Division Three schools, or have your high school coaches, AAU coaches, reach out to those schools to see if you can come and work out. Like I said, that's a, it's a little late in the game to go work out for them now. It may be something that you do at the conclusion of that season, which would be March. 
somewhere in that time frame. And uh, you can actually go on campus and work out with the actual team, and the coaches can watch. They don't have the same restrictions as Division One guys. So uh, you can definitely go and work out with the team and take advantage of the opportunity to kind of show what you can do. That'll, that'll be big time for you. But the key is just to know whether you're chasing a carrot that you're never going to get as far as that scholarship and kind of determine what you want your future to be in the instance that you don't receive a college scholarship or find yourself being recruited. So if you don't have anything, there's no recruitment moving on your behalf, then it's start to kind of start looking at plan B. If you're a kid that has D1 schools calling, but no one has offered or asked you about coming on campus, but you have Division II and Division III offers, I suggest you going ahead and setting up visits to go visit those Division II schools. Uh, kind of go ahead and build those relationships, that type of thing. What I hate seeing kids do is feeling like, hey, I'm bigger than this D2 offer, bigger than this D3 offer. In your heart of hearts, you might be. You might be more productive than the kids you see signing. Uh, the kids that are receiving offers, I get it. Um, it, it happens. But at the end of the day, you are what the college coaches see you as. So whether they see you as D1, D2, D3, that's the only thing that matters. But you don't want to burn what you have on the table for the hopes that someone else is going to step in from a bigger conference, higher level, to give you a scholarship and lose out in this in this scenario that you don't receive a higher offer. So if you have a Division II offer on the table and you feel good about it, don't don't spurn that for the hopes of any D1. And you got to do your research, too. I mean, there's some D2 schools that are – you know, beat the brakes off some of these D1 schools and their facilities are just as good if not better as some of these D1 schools. So don't just hear D2 and think automatically think that it's less than. That's not the case. And I, I, I get it. They don't get a lot of publicity. You know, you, you don't see the NCAA championships for Division Two. You don't see regular televised Division Two games on TV like that, but understand me when I when I tell you that a school like Lincoln Memorial, Queens, Catawba, they can beat a lot of Division One schools, and if you talk to the athletes that went to those universities and colleges, they'll tell you that they had a great college experience and they played a high level of basketball. So I don't want you to think that you're the only one going or that Division Two is just for kids that don't have the grades and all that. That's not the case. There's a lot of kids playing basketball, and there's a lot of talented kids there. There's a lot of kids that are athletes that have great size, that aren't that skilled, but they can jump out the gym. They're 6'8", 6'9". Coaches feel like they can mold those kids into whatever they want them to be. They want to take priority. Uh, you, you, you're competing with transfers. You're competing with JUCO kids. So when they say they have four scholarships to give out, those coaches evaluating JUCO kids. They're evaluating D1 transfers that's going to put their names in the portal, plus the high school kids. So there's a lot going on there for those four scholarships off uh, school may have. And a lot of kids and parents don't realize that this does have a direct effect on the options that you will have as a recruit. So if you're in a situation where you have D2s and D3 offers on the table, don't sit back too long because once that money is allocated to another player, they can't assist you financially. And a lot of times with Division Two, in-state is probably where you want to look at the most because they can give you probably the most money. Uh, if a 
out-of-state D2 takes you, then you become a, I want to say a liability, but it eats at their budget at a higher cost because they have to pay the out-of-state tuition price for you. So if that happens, then you know that you are a priority if that D2 in another state is willing to bring you in on full scholarship because they probably could get two local kids for the cost of one out-of-state kid. So they have a direct budget that they have to work within those parameters. So if they have, you know, whatever, we'll just use $100,000 as the number to fill out a roster of 15. Um, and a lot of times Division twos will have a much bigger roster. They might have 20 kids actually on the roster. Um, but the number of those kids that's actually receiving athletic money uh, varies by program. So just do your research on Division two. Division three, there's no no athletic scholarships, so it's academic based. Uh, and again, you have to do your homework. If somebody's willing to pay for your full tuition at the Division three school, uh, then again, you're a priority to them because they have to make sure that they make, you know the budget and everything work for each calendar year so just understand the game you can't be waiting and expect the school to wait if you do decide to wait and they get the money somebody else or offer somebody else they're not doing you wrong that coach that program has to do what they got to do to make sure they got a recruit coming in for that next year that feels like that wants to be there so don't play the wait game if you're not willing to lose what you already have i guess it's a long story short and I can only advise kids as much as possible that go with your gut. If you feel good about the situation, don't let Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three be the determining factor. If you really like the staff, really like the school, really think you're going to enjoy yourself, have a good experience, then let's go that way. Everybody's not going to play pro ball. And as, as I go around doing the uh, consultations for the Ascension Sports, a lot of kids will just tell me, well, if, you know, if I want to play professionally. If I don't go to the league, I wanna, I'm, just, I'm just going to go overseas. It doesn't work that way. You still have to have stats in college. You have to be productive in college because, again, if they bring you in overseas, a lot of times these leagues have rules where there can only be two Americans on the team or one American can only play at, at a time on the floor or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of criteria that makes those spots super limited for Americans to come over and play. And a lot of these leagues, some of these guys are making two or $300 a month, $500 a month. So I don't want you to have a misconception that people are going overseas and making $100,000 a month or nothing crazy. It's not what you think it is in most cases. If, if you're a big time player from a Power Five conference, yes, you can go overseas and have a great career uh, two guys I know personally, you know, Dave Noel, as well as uh, Jawad Williams. Uh, both of those guys, you know, they played at Carolina, won a national championship, and Jawad still playing overseas and having a great career, doing well for himself. But again, they played at North Carolina and won a national championship. Uh, both of them had stints in the NBA. So you're talking about NBA players making that jump as opposed to a kid going from low major, mid-major school, no national accolades, and you're just going to jump over the seas and expect to make a certain amount of money. It's just not going to happen. And you got to understand that if you don't perform when you're overseas, those contracts aren't bonded like they are in the United States. So if you have a bad game, you could very easily find yourself with a plane ticket in the locker right after the game for you to go home, and you don't get your last check. 
or you might not get paid at all while you're there. Like, there's a lot of nuances to playing overseas that kids usually aren't ready for and parents aren't ready for, and you don't have the same representation as you do in the United States where governing bodies are watching over these teams. And a lot of these teams are actually broke uh, overseas because there's not a ton of fan support in most of these leagues, especially if you're in, like, the B League or C League or one of these foreign teams. It's, it's almost the equivalent to playing in a, in a high school-type facility and with a high school-type of crowd as opposed to playing in front of, you know, the the, eight, the A-League teams where they're playing is more equivalent to a NBA, I guess. Uh, the fanship is greater, uh, the stakes are higher, and the level of play is definitely higher and the coaching is higher. So there's a distinct level between the A-League, B-League, and C-League, including the pay and the ramifications of, as of which if you lose and or don't perform as a player, all those things uh, come into play depending on which league you're in. So I don't want you to feel like overseas is just a given. Uh, you still have to be a productive player in college and uh, find a way for yourself. So just, just make sure you got that plan in place. And if you're a Division One kid right now, you, you got a lot of offers or you know enough offers that you're having to decide which schools that use your five official visits on. And uh, you're trying to narrow this thing down for the first signing period. Just make sure that you, my advice to all of my players has always been, if you went into a situation and whatever school, school X was your dream school, school X offers, I schedule a visit with school X. And if it's what you think it is and everything you wanted it to be, then take it right there on the spot. Don't don't play around with it. If that was your dream school, your dream situation. It checked all the boxes for you and your parents. Don't don't let it sit on the table just to go take four of the visits. Because from a business standpoint, with the schools, they only get a certain amount of official visits uh, that they can set up. If you take one of those and you know that you're not interested in going, one that prevents another kid from receiving that experience that would really appreciate it. And uh, the school could really use the kid because he wants to be there and he's just as talented. Uh, but two, in the meantime, while you're scheduling other visits, it could kind of direct the other school that you really wanted to feel like you're not interested in their school anymore. And they'll move forward and you kind of lose control of your own destiny because at that point in time, if they offer another kid and he comes on campus, and decides to accept that scholarship offer that you thought you had, then you just lose out on the scholarship offer. They, you know, there's nothing they can do for you on that. So make your choices wisely. If you're a kid like, uh, you know, you're the number one kid in the country, you can put the whole country on weight, like Cade Cunningham. He's pretty much got all the high majors sit, sitting on their hands to make sure they got at least one scholarship offer remaining so that if he decides to want to come on somebody's campus or do one of those things that they they can accommodate. But if you're not Kay Cunningham, once you get to school that you, you really like, go ahead and take it, secure your future, and you can go ahead and enjoy your high school season and be a kid for at least six or seven more months before it gets gets real. There's, there's no way for me to really put in words how big of a difference it is from going from high school to college um, in preparation for the season. Uh, every time I talk to one of my former players, 
<laughs> you know, most colleges have a hell week. And with their hell week, a lot of kids are tell me, like, they did more work in that one week than they did in their whole high school career as far as physical conditioning and the, the, the reps and the, the pace of everything that's going on is just, it's like being on warp speed. So enjoy being a kid because when you get to college, you don't get the same college experience as a normal student. Your every minute, every hour of your day is accounted for with your basketball coach, advisors, the whole nine yards. And uh, I just recently visited with Madison Cone, who's a football player at Wisconsin, local kid, Jalen Cone's older brother, and uh, another phenomenal athlete in his own right uh, on the court and on the football field. And we just sat there and talked for a while about how his schedule is and the expectations. You know, you he's playing at Wisconsin. He's expected to watch game film. He's expected to go to class. He's expected to do his tutoring. Expected to hit weightlifting, get treatment before and after practice, and you know, study hall, and still do his homework, schoolwork, and still perform at a high enough level in a Power Five conference. So there is no time off. There's no time to go to parties. There's no time to just go hang out at the mall. Like you don't get many of those days as a collegiate athlete. So a lot of times what you experience on your official visit, that's the last time that you'll experience it uh, for most of these kids, especially during the season. Um, and by the time you're out of season on basketball, it's already April. Most schools let out in May. So that whole party scene has already passed by you for the most part. So if you're an athlete and you truly want to see yourself progress, get better, and continue to develop once you get to college, you're sacrificing all of that for the greater good and for yourself because if I go to school and partying and hanging out becomes my priority, then oftentimes you see those kids sitting on the end of the bench. Uh, you see them not being able to perform when their name is called on and when it's time to get in the game. And uh, in college, I mean, somebody's job is on the line. It's not like high school or AAU where, you know, Fred didn't play good today and we, we got 10 more games, and we're just going to watch them develop. In college, their coach is going to get fired. I, I brought you in. I recruited you. I hyped our fan base up. I boosted us up about bringing this kid in. He's going to be a program changer, and then you average three points a game. It's going to be a level of pressure put on you by a coaching staff that you never even knew was imaginable. And I don't care how nice you think they all were when they sat in your living room. They will turn into something else when their job is on the line. So – just make sure you understand that the, the pressure that comes with being a college athlete and the expectations, you can't match that. You can't simulate it in high school because nobody's livelihood is on the line. People coach in high school because they want to coach. It's not because I have to support my family off of this check. You can't support your family off a high school coaching gig in most places. Now, if you're at Mount Verde, IMG, Oak Hill, those, yeah, you can support your family. But if you're at regular Joe Smo public school for most states, you're not supporting your family off of it. So the, the coach will coach you up, but it's not a life or death situation. It's not a situation where they're going to have to move their family, move their kids to another state, hope to find a job, their whole nine yards. So just understand that you can't simulate it. Make sure you choose a school that fits you. Make sure the coach 
has your best interest at heart, knows you, wants you, has a plan for you. If you get an offer late, you know, some kids are going to want to wait till April. And a lot of times kids will wait till April for one or two reasons. The first reason being they hope to get something larger. And then two, you actually have kids who don't have the score. They, they don't meet the, they're not NCAA certified. They don't have the SAT score, ACT score, you know, in, com- in conjunction with the GPA. So they have to wait until the late signing period. Or you might have an injury or something like that that's prevented you from being seen. But if you already have stuff on the table and you decide to wait till the late signing period, you need to go ahead and discuss that with the schools that are actively recruiting you. Reason why is they'll let you know up front, if you don't sign in November, we're not interested. And some will say, great, we're glad that you wait until April because we're probably going to have this kid that we're going to push out. We're going to have an additional scholarship. We want to get this other kid wrapped up that's a big man, and we want you to be the wing. So if you wait to April, we'll come back and get you in April. But you need to have that conversation because if you're waiting to April thinking that the same offers you have on the table will still be there, there's no guarantee on that. So just make sure that you understand that process. Waiting late can be beneficial. Um, you know, Bam Adebayo didn't sign until April. Um, that was his personal preference. Uh, but he's a kid that very easily could have signed whenever he wanted to. Every offer in the country, uh, he just chose to do that. So there's certain, you know, definitely different circumstances. But large, for much larger part, most kids are waiting for something bigger. And two, you know, they're waiting on the score. So recruiting in a nutshell is is starting to wind down now for the fall. Um, Pretty much now coaches are going to be starting asking you, do you want to bring the visit? You know, come on a visit. Let's set it up before the end of October. Uh, It's hard to do visits during the season because the schedule may have the team flying out, uh, all of that. The coaches won't be able to give you their full attention. People do it but it's just not ideal. But just make sure you got a firm grasp on where your son is right now, your daughter is right now with the people that are recruiting them. If you find yourself having trouble with it, be helping and navigate it. That's why I started Ascension Sports Consultant. And no, it is not free. Um, basically, I started Ascension Sports Consultant to help outside kids with their recruitment. Um, and it's not accessible to everyone. I truly have to believe that your son or daughter is a prospect. If I don't believe they're a prospect, I'm not just going to take your money. Um, right now, I'm 100% on kids going to school for Ascension as well as Team Felton. So I, I would never take your your child on as a client if I didn't think I could help them. But if you got questions, you want me to review some tape and see what I think, definitely feel free to follow me on Instagram, Coach Cannon, Coach underscore Cannon TF on Instagram, Frederick Cannon on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, also, Team Felton Basketball on Instagram or Citrus Sports Consultant on Instagram and Twitter. Send me an in- inbox, kind of let me know what your name is or son's name, daughter's name is, kind of what you need help with, and I'll definitely get back to you and uh, kind of let you know what I think. And uh, if it's something that you want to move forward with, then, you know, we, we handle all the rest of the business at that point in time. But I do provide those services. If you got questions, let me know. High school JUCO coaches. JUCOs, if you need help getting your kids placed, that's primarily why I started the business, that Division One transfers. Uh, the high school just kind of came as a, um, I guess, as, you know, 
cause and effect type reason. The shortened live period, a lot of people need a little more help. And uh, what I do with Ascension Sports Consultant is what I do for all of my team Felton kids. But if by, you know, for them being in my program, uh, it does not cost them anything because they're already in the program. I, you know, when I brought them into the program, part of that, that deal is to make sure that I work for them to get them in school. For the kids and other programs, I wanted to be able to offer that same service uh, while also being true to my, you know, to my kids and my program. So, uh, in a nutshell, if, if you're a kid, regardless of shoe affiliation, you know, program, you need help, reach out. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, great. Um, I still wish you the best of luck. But there is assistance out there to help you get seen, uh, gain a little more exposure, and just get direct feedback to how coaches are looking at you. Everyone won't play college basketball, but I will give you a fair assessment. I'll give you an assessment from college coaches around the area to let them know how they see you, and then at that point in time, you can decide kind of how you want to shape your future, and uh, that's kind of how this whole process works. Um, but that's, you know, that's in a nutshell what's going on now with the recruiting, and you know, I, before I forget, I also want to give a shout-out to some of the team Felton kids that are on the, on the gridiron. Jamie Newman has Wake Forest in the top 20. I think they're at number 17 now, 17 or 19. Uh, he's playing phenomenal at quarterback. Uh, Jamie's always been a uh, big-time kid, um, not just an athlete, but a big-time kid. He's, he's one of our day ones. Uh, he was on our team Felton, initial team Felton squad with Mike Buckland and Harry Giles and Jaleek Felton. Uh, Sidarius Dockery, Jeremiah Brown, who's playing wide receiver at Richmond right now. And, uh, you know, just a, Simeon Gatlin, uh, BJ. Like, that's super talented squad, Ty Graves. He was original. And uh, once he got to, I believe that was eighth or ninth grade, going into high school, you could clearly tell that he was going to be leaving money on the table if he chose basketball as a sport, even though he was very good at basketball. Football, he was unbelievable. He finally got a shot as Wake Forest starter coming into finishing up last season. Got him a bowl win, and I believe he's 8-1, 9-1 right now as a starter for Wake Forest, uh, playing lights out. Also, shout-out to Jaquari Robeson, who's also a wide receiver for Wake Forest, uh, doing his thing. Got that, too. Caught his first touch, collegiate touchdown uh, last week or well, two weeks ago. Uh, super proud of him. And then Hinder Hooker got his first start at Virginia Tech at quarterback this past Saturday and uh, killed it, got a win down in Miami. And uh, I think he had three or four touchdowns, did his thing. So just really proud of all the kids um, doing their thing on the football field, doing your thing in the classroom. Really wanted to shout those kids out and let them know that, you know, definitely making me proud. And... Um, Kind of, you know, kind of can't wait to see where these guys end up at. I think they got big time possibilities to play on the next level. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch base on, parents, is kind of navigating. Again, a tip is just navigating this youth sports. If you really knew kind of the individuals that you're dealing with on any side of it, any platform, I, I suggest just being guarded with your. I don't want to say loyalties, but your feelings. And I wouldn't treat grassroots basketball differently than choosing a school for your kid. 
or choosing any type of situation for your kid. Um, but I even say travel basketball or travel sports in general is probably even more imperative because you're allowing people to be influences around your children away from you, away from home. So you want to make sure that you get a good gauge on the people that you let influence your kids and make decisions for your kids or direct your kids. Um, I can tell you just from my almost 20 years of experience now that there's not a lot of solid people doing this business. And there's some people that are really good coaches, really good directors, work at Nike, Under Armour and Adidas, the whole nine yards got a lot of influence, but to say that they solid people, uh, that would be a stretch by the imagination. And uh, your kids can either have a very pleasant experience or they can have a very unpleasant experience and also be a less of a person as a result of who you put your child around. I think it's easy to lose sight as a parent, as a kid. You're just kind of so focused on the basketball tunnel that you kind of get a little lazy and, and focusing on who your son is around, your daughter's around. And I, I've recently had conversations with parents from other programs that feel slighted in their experience. Either they didn't feel like their son's recruitment was where it needed to be, or that they son didn't get worked for as hard as another kid on the team or in the program. And I can't say that it's the program or the coach's fault. As a parent, you have to do your research, and when you see that something's not working for your son or your daughter, you have to step in and make the decision. You, you don't have unlimited time to get this right. And a lot of people stress loyalty and all these, you know, all this stuff, family and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, a lot of the people that you're dealing with, if it came down between your son or daughter and this top kid wanted to lead this other program, but they need to get rid of somebody, they're going to take the kid. So even though they throw the loyalty and family out there, it's going to be a situation of it's just business. So as a parent, I just suggest you handle things the same way. Uh, everybody's not going to like you for it. Um, but just understand that it's, it's your baby. Uh, that, that Your daughter, your son, or whoever it is, is depending on you to guide them, uh, protect them. And when you send them off with certain people, uh, things can be said, done, that can affect your child. So just make sure that you understand nobody has more interest in your child than you do. You have to see them crying at night. You have to see them smiling if it goes right. Just make sure that you're vested enough as a parent that you do your due diligence and don't get blinded by the glitter, shoes, book bags, trips, money, whatever they promise you. If it's too good to be true, we're going to play in all these states. We're going to pay for you and dad and mom and sister and grandma and all that. Just understand that what comes with that is, one, the potential that it could become something that's on the front page of the newspaper or ESPN. And then, two, you've given up a certain amount of power because the, the expectation now is we did this for you, so now you got to do this for us. 
So at that point in time, like it's just, I guess the easy way to say is just, you know, make sure that you don't compromise your, your mores and your values for basketball because if your son or daughter is as good as you think they are, you're still gonna get the USA basketball. You're gonna get the, the ranking that you're desiring and the, the game opportunities. There's a lot of teams that travel and there's a lot of platforms, you know, with Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, you know, obviously being kind of the, the cream of the crop. You, there's other avenues that if your son is really good, your daughter's really good, and you have a good program that actually works to promote your son and your team and all that, to make sure that they're noticed. It's possible to get schools there to watch you play. It's possible to get, you know, big time offers or opportunities not playing on the, the three major platforms. Is it harder? Yes, it's definitely harder to do that. But if you are as good as you say you are, then you can still get the job done. Um, but I just wanted to do that. Don't compromise your, your morals and, and values strictly for sports. And I see a lot of parents get caught up in being a sport parent and uh, totally lose their mind. They turn into a whole different person on the sideline. <laughs> then they are off. They forget who they are in real life. Uh, doctors, lawyers, I've seen pastors bishops the whole nine yards acting crazy as ever over something with their grandkids sons daughters <laughs> out on the floor so just be who you are be solid is always my my word of choice just be solid if it doesn't match your convictions of what a person should be don't let them be, don't let your kids be around them if it does then yeah trust them with it and once you trust them trust those people to kind of navigate you and help you through the process and try not to bounce back and forth too much because it's going to cause you to be even more confused. And if mom and dad are confused, the kid is def definitely going to be uh, confused, which allows uh, a lot of opportunity for you to be misguided. So definitely do your homework. Don't sell your soul. Uh, don't compromise your morals and convictions. If you have scholarship opportunities right now and you want to sign early and something's firmly on the table, don't compromise it by the hopes and dreams or something else. Don't take a scholarship with the hopes of, you know, I'm going to move from D2 or D3 to D1 next year, you know, all that stuff. Like, go somewhere you can play. Go somewhere where they want you. And go somewhere where you're going to enjoy it. These four years are going to fly by, and it's real after that. You, you, you're paying bills. You, you're navigating life. you got to get a job. you got to work. This will be the four years you want to enjoy them. There's no point in fingers at this point. You're making every decision right now. As a kid, as a parent, you're going to pick a school to sign with. You're going to pick up a pen and sign paper saying, I want to go here. Whatever those reasons are that led you to go there, then you need to see it through. You need to stay there unless the coaching changes or something like that happens out of your control. You signed up for it. You knew who was on the roster. You know what schedule they was playing. And all honestly, you know if your son or daughter can actually play at the level at the school they're playing at. So at that point, take ownership of that. Transferring, bouncing around, like it, it's a long process. Do it only if you have to. Don't do it out of the sake of not having enough patience to see it through. If they got four or five juniors and on their roster at your position, there's a good chance you're not going to play for two years. 
things. So you already know that going into it. And it's just a matter of building up trust. The coach has dealt with these juniors for three years now. They know the systems. They know his expectations. It's going to be hard to beat those guys out unless you just one heck of a player. And uh, nine times out of ten, most kids coming as freshmen aren't ready to play on that level. So don't don't get caught up in the hype of you want it done, you're going to leave early. The whole, if it if you ain't R.J. Barrett, Barrett, Zion, those type of guys, like don't even entertain that talk until you go to college and start producing. Don't go into college looking to fast, hit the fast forward button to your pro career. Enjoy it. Stay in the moment. Enjoy your high school senior year. Once you graduate high school, lock into your freshman year. Adjust. Try to learn as much as you can because I'm going to tell you right now, defensively, you're going to be absolutely lost. On offense, you're going to be absolutely lost because you don't know the terminology a lot of these schools use, especially in screen roll situations. And for some kids, it is very hard to pick that up. Um, we currently have a kid, Greg Gann, at Providence College. And the first thing he told me was, one, the weight room is going to tear you up. And then, two, trying to, he's the only freshman in his class, so he's, he's taking all of it. He's, he's getting the full cursing out every single day because he's the only one that does not know right now. But the good thing for him is he knew going into it what the expectations were. Coach Cooley and Coach Battle were honest and you know telling him, like, this is what's happening. This is what we expect out of you. Even with that being said, it's hard. So he had, you know, there's times he does call to say coach is hard and you got to talk him through, but that's what being a freshman is about. But he's at a school that a coaching staff sees a lot in him and they're invested in him. He can go to them to say, hey, I don't understand. This is tough. This is hard. And they walk him through it. If you go to the wrong situation and it's hard and you start to feel that doubt, then it could become a situation of, I want to leave just because it's hard. Well, I'm going to tell you what, wherever you transfer to is going to be hard. So don't get used to travel ball, high school ball, where you're going to have nights where you win by 40 or whatever. If you lose by 40, you got another game the next day, and it don't really matter. It don't work that way. Uh, there's no mixtape that's going to ever have Coach K say, hey, we got to play this kid because he got a mixtape coming out. It, they don't care. They're they trying to win a national championship, ACC tournament. You got to come out and produce. So just understand that it's going to be hard. You're going to deal with some adversity. Probably the first time in your life. Be solid and see yourself through it. Don't make decisions based on emotion. Coach doing me wrong. I'm better than this kid. You got to see it through. At the end of the year, the coaches will let you know, like, yeah, you need to find somewhere else to go. Or, man, you did good. You survived it. We got big plans for you next year. And you just stay fast with it. Like, don't don't be a quitter. Um, and not everybody who transfers is a quitter. But to a certain extent, you need to uh, you need to one go talk to the coaches. They will let you know whether you need to leave or not. And just ask them, like, Coach, am I still in your plans? Yes, you are. But you need to do X, Y, and Z better. And you need to do this, this, and this. If you accomplish the things that they list out for you and you're still not playing, then yeah, that's one thing to be considered. But at the end of the day, you got to work. Nobody's going to give you anything. I don't care if you one star, no stars, five star. If you can help a team win, they're going to play you. 
But nine times out of ten, your body isn't right. You're 165 pounds going in wanting to play power five basketball. Like, you got to put some work in on your own right now in the next eight, nine months. You need to walk in on their campus with them thinking, man, this kid ready. And one kid I can name offhand is when I looked at him physically, like, physically he's going to be ready to play, and that's Marcus Watson on for Oklahoma State. He was originally from the Winston-Salem area and moved down to uh, the Buford, Georgia area and killed it. Uh, but if you look at him size by position, Marcus probably 6'5", 6'6", somewhere in that ballpark. Can shoot it, crazy athletic, but his body looks like the body of a junior. But he put the time in to get it that way. That's automatically going to allow him to get on the floor. He's still going to make his mistakes because he's a freshman. But physicality won't be the reason why he doesn't get on the floor. For, I would say, 9 out of 10 kids, they don't have the physical ability to get on the floor as a freshman. Uh, just don't. So once you really take your physical uh, health seriously, it's going to be very hard for you to be, to be able to demand playing time. You're just not going to be able to sustain the effort that they require for that, that amount of game game time. When you look at Zion's body, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, like those dudes came in as grown men. So if you're on one of the opposing teams, that's what they're comparing you to. So don't ask for, hey, coach, I want to play. And you, you're a three and R.J. Barrett's a three. If you look around the ACC at the people that played the two and the three, like, just compare yourself. Like, am I prepared to defend that? Do I look like that? If you don't, then put that time in. Mom and dad, you know, do yourself a favor and invest in strength and condition just as much as you invest in, uh, you know, basketball skills training. Uh, the, the two go hand in hand. Um, if you're going to be training and extending the hours of your athlete, uh, the wear and tear on your, on your athlete's bodies, then you want to make sure that they physically can sustain that so you don't develop any injuries uh, as a result of the overtraining. But they definitely going to need to increase their physical capabilities. If you're in the Greensboro area, I use Jordan Perkins all the time as an example. Jordan's always, I'll be honest, just had a bad deal for basketball early. Like he just, he didn't take it serious. And uh, he worked on his game all the time, but as far as his physical conditioning, he wasn't, that wasn't his priority. Going into his senior high school, he uh, started training at AWOL Fitness. And uh, you see Jordan now as a junior. Uh, he's a two-year starter at North Carolina Central. He's been at the top of the MEAC and the assist uh, leaders each year. They won the MEAC championship every year so far under, under his uh, leadership at the point guard position. But Jordan now has a six-pack, probably, I would guess, probably three, maybe 4% body fat, a full leader. But a lot of that comes from his confidence because he's put the work in, you know, as, as a, in the weight room and in the conditioning. His eating habits have changed. So I just want kids and parents to understand, like, you have to do everything. Everything has to go right to give yourself the most opportunities to be successful, to be seen as a college athlete. And uh, I know it's a lot of information I'm giving you today, but I'm trying to make up for lost time. And I know the recruiting windows are closing uh, for the first signing period. But you have to take this thing serious. You have to produce this year. Separate yourself. 
mom, stop trying to make decisions based on what your homegirl's doing. Dad, your homeboys are doing the whole nine yards. Like, it's about your son, your kid. This is the one time you get to be selfish and you're okay for being selfish. I have to make the decision for my son or daughter to go do this. And whatever that is, stick to your guns on it. Can't nobody make you feel bad. You only get to do this once because those same people, if your son or daughter don't make it, they're not going to have a backup plan for you. Make sure that you and your all the parties that mean something to you feel good about the decision and roll with it and stick stick through it. If you're putting your trust in that college coach, put it in there. Let your son grow up. And at the point if he's just super unhappy, find out why he's unhappy. If he say, because, Mom, I'm not playing because I ain't meeting my goals, coach yelling at me. Understand, coaches going to yell at you at every school you go to. Uh, you just don't get to see that part. I go to a whole lot of practices, and I haven't been to one yet where they got the coach handed out hugs off practice. So just understand that it is a business. They love your son. They, it's tough love. So just understand they're going to take care of him, but your son has to do his work too. So meet everybody halfway. Uh, I think I'll give you enough information for the day. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy all the texts. And Inbox is asking when the next episode was coming out. And uh, like I said, it's been super hectic. But I'm going to definitely come with more content now. Uh, my schedule is starting to settle down. And, of course, it's basketball season, so it's going to be a whole lot to talk about. But if you have any questions, as usual, definitely inbox me. Uh, send me an email. Whatever the case may be, Ascension Sports Consultant, Team Felton, bball at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, Frederick Crandon, Facebook, Messenger, whatever the case may be. If you just got general questions, I got an 11-year-old and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I love to just hear those general questions and be able to answer those for you on this platform. So just want to give you all a shout-out to all the basketball players still chasing their dream. Do everything you can on your side, and then God will take care of the rest for you. And uh, surround yourself with good people. I'm wishing an injury-free season for all the athletes out there. I'm wishing all the moms and dads uh, every opportunity to go watch your son or daughter play every single game. I pray that your jobs work for you, uh, with you, and for you to uh, allow you to get their free time off uh, so you can support your kids and kind of enjoy the moment with them. It's a special time, regardless if they get a scholarship or not. Supporting your high school athlete is imperative to uh, making those kids good people. And... Uh, they are kids, and they might not always show you their appreciation, but a lot of times they'll tell us they appreciate you, um, you know, the third party, the coaches, that type of deal. So parents, it's okay to love your kids. Love them hard. If they have a bad game, uh, don't don't stress them with it right after the game. They know they, they know they play bad. You don't have to tell them that. If they smiling and rapping in the car, then, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But if they already down and know that they, they play bad, Skip all the pleasantries and just go straight to how to fix it. This is what you did wrong. This is how you do it so it don't happen again. You don't have to reinforce what they already know. So I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Um, I appreciate the audience. And I look forward to talking to you again on the next episode of Ascension Podcast. And just remember, keep ascending.